and evil. Good and evil. So God creates good and God creates evil. God is not evil. God does not do evil. God does not acquire evil. Al-khayru biyadayk wa sharru laysa ilayk. Al-khayru kulluhu biyadayk wa sharru laysa ilayk. That all good is in your hands. And evil has nothing, does not pertain to you. This is what our Prophet taught us. Evil does not pertain to God. God does not do evil. But God created human beings for a cosmological purpose. You are the most important thing in creation. In a, and in this creation, we seem to be very few and very small and very insignificant on a planet that seems to be insignificant, in a universe that seems to be virtually infinite, infinite and expanding, and yet in all of that, you are the special one, even if you're hidden away in a special part of the universe. And this is because of the fact that you are the one who has a positive potential that is greater than the angels and a negative potential that <clears throat> is greater than Satan himself. You know, we have the full perspective. We are the jami'ah. <clears throat> we are that being that brings together the manifestations of all the names of God in creation. And so therefore, when we do good, and when we believe, and when we serve God as we are created to do, then we bring life to everything around us. We create civilization. We create mercy and goodness and economy. You know, I mean, the things Muslims have done in history are amazing, absolutely amazing. We overturned the feudal systems. You know, we created a distribution of wealth like no one has ever seen or imagined. These are the great things that come out of the deen. This is the role that we have to play. Okay, and God creates good and he enables you to acquire it. And he will reward you out of his bounty if you do that sincerely on the basis of faith and belief. And God creates evil. And God also gives us the knowledge of evil. And God inspired the human soul to know its depravity. There's nothing as depraved as human beings can be. And today we hear things in the news that are startling, hard to believe. But all of this is there in my soul too, and in your soul too. You know, we were given the knowledge of depravity so that we be tested by it, and so that we know what it is, so that we not be naive and not be, uh, not be misled and so that we not do it. But of course, if I want to violate this trust and be depraved, then there's no end to that. Human beings have this potential to be the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. And this is the test, and this is a cosmological test. It has great meaning, and in the end, it leads to the judgment, and it leads to forgiveness and pardon, or it leads to punishment 
and reckoning and the garden and the fire. This is what we believe. This is our creed. And this is the nature of cosmological reality. Uh, good and evil are a test. They are a test. And when we speak about good and evil, um, it is imperative for us to believe that God creates them both. They are not uncreated. That is absurd. The prophet said when the angel Gabriel came to him and asked him what is faith, and tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawmil akhir, that you believe in God and his angels and his revealed books and his messengers and the last day. Wa tu'mina, and that you believe. So he here repeats again the phrase that you believe to emphasize what is to follow and to indicate that it is, it is extremely important that you believe in destiny that everything that happens is in the decree of God by his will and in the destiny of God by his power and that he creates good and evil that of it which is good that of it which is evil that of it which is sweet which is belief and that of it which is bitter, which is disbelief. And so we believe in that. And human beings acquire that by the grace of God or by the justice of God. Okay, so we believe in this. And we have to believe that. We don't have to understand it. For most people to understand why there is evil in the world and why God would test us with this amana with this trust, the ability to do good and the ability to do evil, uh, that's very difficult, if not impossible for them. Because we have always our subjective perspective that I need things to live. We need to be healthy, we need to breathe, we need to have security, we need to have honor, we need to have so many things. And we have our families, we have our children, our grandchildren, we have our husbands, our wives, right? These things are really important to us. And we have to protect this. And the Sharia mandates that we do that. So anything that encroaches upon my needs, it's very difficult, if not impossible, for me to imagine how could that be? How could that be? How could that be justified? You know, the extermination of peoples, genocides, um, you know, terrible things that happen in human history. But we have to believe that this is by God and that it is a function of his infinite knowledge and his infinite wisdom and his will that he knew all alternatives. He knew all other things that could be and he willed this one to be, even if it is the assassination and the death of Imam al-Hussein, which is one of the most difficult and ugly events in human history. But this was by the will of God. This was by the decree of God. And this has got to have divine wisdom. And out of this coal comes diamonds. Out of this coal comes diamonds. God produced great good out of that, even though that was evil and the people who perpetrated that. They must be among the worst in creation. And the fire awaits them, and damnation, and deprivation. What kind of a war were they doing against God? So that evil that they did, that doesn't become good. 
They were created for the fire. They earned these deeds. But that evil deed itself, as evil and hard as it was, there's got to be wisdom in that. And we have to think this way about all things. The transatlantic slave trade, the enslavement of how many generations of black Africans, taking them out of their tribes with culture, with history, with language, with knowledge. You know, Wolofs, Mandinkas, Serer, uh, Fulani, uh, you know, Yoruba, all these different tribes, mixing them. This is a horrible tale that goes on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And there's evil in this without any question. And we do not justify that evil. But that evil had to be for divine wisdom. And this is what we have to believe. So uh, we do not have to understand the nature of evil and good, but we will understand that ultimately. The saints of God come to understand the nature of good and evil in this world. And they call that sirrul qadr. They call that the secret of destiny. And they say that if you can unlock the secret of destiny, then you will be at peace forever. And we also call it al-hikmatul majhula, the unknown wisdom. Why do children suffer? Why are there plagues? Why are there tidal waves? Why are there earthquakes that kill sometimes thousands of people? Um, you know, why are there the, these reversals in history? You know, this we call al-hikmatul majhula. This is the unknown wisdom. I don't know why that is. And we do not accept it as good. You know, we have to respond to it properly. This is one of the most important things. We have to fight against it. We reject it. But nevertheless, we understand that this is by the wisdom of God. And again, you must believe, as we do believe, in all the worlds that God has created. There's the world before this one. There is this short world in Darul Akdar, in the house of disappointments. If the prophets suffer and no one is tested more severely than the prophets are tested, then what is the worth of this world? If this is the world where people will come and take the, the entrails of a camel and put them on the back of the best of creation in Mecca who's worshiping his Lord, then what is this world worth? It is not worth the wing of a gnat. This is one of the things that we learn from the suffering of the prophets here and from the um, enmity that people showed them and the sickness and the other tests that they had, poverty and things like that, that this world is not where it happens. This world is a transitory station where we are tested and they are tested with the most difficult tests. And we have said before that we believe that this is the best of all possible worlds. Why? Because everything that occurs in it, even if it be something as horrible as the occupation of Palestine, the illegal and genocidal occupation of Palestine, that this happens by the will of God for the wisdom of God. There's got to, there is wisdom in this. And that wisdom will become manifest at some day. Maybe in our own lifetimes, that's what we pray. But if not, it will be manifest at some time. So, um, you know, this is what we believe about good and evil. And they occur by the will of God. So therefore, that will selects out what will be from an infinite set of other possibilities. 
and God does that on the basis of infinite knowledge. So therefore, even the worst things that happen in human history, there is wisdom in that. And we look at it with eyes of wisdom. When, and when we say this is the best of all possible worlds, we don't mean that bad things don't happen here and that we are not required to struggle against that or to help each other. That's not what it means at all. But it means that always remember God in all of this. No matter how difficult the circumstances of your life or my, my life or our lives, that we've got to you know, keep uh, our... Uh, faith and we've got to trust in God. Uh, inshallah we'll come back to you and we'll talk when we come back to good and evil we'll talk about that again. Usually in our tradition we didn't speak about good and evil as good and evil. We spoke about them as what? Beauty and ugliness. Cognitive frames are really important. You see if you set the discussion as a moral discussion, good and evil uh, you've hemmed yourself in. You're going to now talk about tidal waves and catastrophes and plagues and the suffering of children and unintended evil, and you're going to make that a moral discourse? And what is morality in the first place? Isn't that something that is legal? Isn't that something that is social? Isn't that something that pertains to our relations with ourselves? Is it cosmic? We talk about assuming the uniformity of nature. You see, so what we do is we talk about beauty and ugliness. We frame it as an aesthetic as an essentially aesthetic discourse of beauty and ugliness. And that has a lot of potential, which I believe is much greater than framing it just as good and evil. We'll talk about that. But God is ferid. He does in his dominion whatever he wills. There is nothing to constrain him. He is the one who constrains. He is the one who compels. He is majestic. He is the Lord of the worlds. Uh, in his dominion, he does whatever he 